Hello and welcome to Movies on the Side. This is Stephen Robles. And this is Nate Baranowski. And this week we jump into the 2008 movie, <laughs> Jumpers. Oh, I'm sorry. It was such a good read. Keep going. Thank you. Starring Samuel L. Jackson and Hayden Christensen. And Rachel Bilson. We talk about whether or not we would jump into a bank and steal the money. We discuss if Hayden Christensen and Rachel Bilson are good in this role. Does Samuel L. Jackson pull off a good Cisco look? We discuss if this movie has any lessons to teach us. And if you could jump and teleport yourself, would you be a superhero or a self-indulgent dweeb like Hayden Christensen? We discuss paladins versus jumpers in a tale as old as time on this week's episode of Movies on the Side. This week, we reviewed the 2008 movie, Jumper, starring Hayden Christensen. And Rachel Bilson. I I want you to try and guess the critic score, Rotten Tomatoes, for this movie, Nate. Critic score, ooh, 24. Critic score is 15 for this movie. Yikes. 15 for Jumper, the 2008. I bet audience is like 62. Audience is 44. Okay. Not as not as high as you thought. Not quite. Okay, this movie stars Samuel L. Jackson. Yes. And Hayden Christensen. These are not small names, but we're going to have to talk we'll have to talk about Hayden Christensen in a minute. Premise of this movie, there are people in the world that have the superpower to teleport themselves or jump. There are jumpers and there are paladins. It's a tale as old as time. Tale as old as time. There are jumpers that jump and there are paladins that fight jumpers. Paladin. Yeah. You got it. No, we just need to talk about Hayden Christensen right from the beginning. Okay. This movie rises and falls, I feel like, more so falls, on the performance of Hayden Christensen in this movie. Yes. I actually liked the younger version of Hayden Christensen than... Yes. Or the younger version of David Rice. I didn't even know the character's name, to be honest. (laughs) The younger version of David Rice. They say David so much, and yet, yeah, I still can't remember it. I could not remember it. So the actor's name there is Max... The Riot? Theriot? That's a killer name. Anyway, Love it. I feel like young David did a better job. <laughs> and I almost would have liked to have seen him robbing more banks than Hayden Christensen doing stuff. Right. Let me tell you the people that I liked their acting in this movie. Jamie Bell, his friend Griffin. I liked Diane Lane appearing in this movie for approximately three minutes mm-hmm. as the mom. Samuel Jackson is always great wearing a white felt rig- wig. <laughs> Michael Rooker was the dad. Very good. Yeah. I also liked uh, the guy who played uh, Mark, Teddy Dunn. (laughs) (laughs) I think this movie was filled, and and young, I liked young David and young Millie. Yeah. Everyone except the ones that mattered, I thought were great. (laughs) I mean, Samuel Jackson matters. I mean, yeah. You know, but he looks like, he looks like Cisco this whole movie, so it's hard to take him seriously. (laughs) Towards the end of the movie, this is not a spoiler. We got to stop saying this is not a spoiler. We just have to, we have to trust that they, they know. people will they trust know. us to yeah. not spoil. Okay. Towards the end of the movie, because they have so many close-ups of Hayden Christensen's eyes trying to look a certain way. I don't know if he's trying mm-hmm. to look lovingly or longingly, but I turned to Whitney because she, she joined me for this one too. Mm-hmm. And I said, his eyes look, they look like he's dead inside. <laughs> and my wife was like, yep. He's already gone to the dark side. He's full Vader. I don't believe any time I see his eyes. And there's even a moment when, after he goes back to a small town, he finds Millie, his childhood sweetheart, and he's like in the bar and he's staring at her for a while, but he doesn't talk to her. And then she finally approaches him and he gets this look on his face (laughs) 
<laughs> like a look of surprise and like, oh man, I've been caught. And it is the weirdest face I think I've ever seen on an actor. It was so weird. Do you know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. I don't think that Hayden Christensen can play a truly likable character. Mm. And that is the issue with movies like this, like Little Italy, like the one where he was awake during surgery. Oh, yeah. Whatever. I never saw that one. He plays a great, he's got disturbing eyes. Yeah. He's got eyes that show some sort of. I don't know. There's some brooding going on. I'm not sure some what. Some sort of break. Some sort of mental right. break. That would be like, okay, no offense to Hayden Christensen. No, no, not at all. It's the kind of look and the kind of cadence to his talk that makes you feel like, oh, he's a serial killer. Mm. That's kind of, at least that's like sort of his acting vibe, which again, makes for a great uh, later on Anakin. Even if episode three is not great, he does play a great I'm becoming Darth Vader. Your brother would disagree. He thinks that he does great, but that's his problem. (laughs) I would have loved like an Ashton Kutcher type in this role in 2008 or even like Will Smith. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Always, always. Yeah. But like a, um, who's the guy from that set? Topher Grace. Oh yeah. I mean like there are a lot of people I would love to plug into this movie because if him and Rachel Bilson are likable, Right. Then this movie is, I think, successful. I'll be honest. Like, it's missing It's missing some crucial pieces, and the crucial pieces is likable protagonists. Right. And a, and a likable romance. Yeah, so let's talk about romance. The romance corner, <laughs> which I don't know how many 20-something ladies would take a trip to Italy with, a, with someone... They haven't seen in eight years. Yes. And also looks dead inside. The answer is hopefully not many because that's a bad life decision. (laughs) Right. But Romance Corner overall, Nate. If he can't talk about his job at all and he just says, I'm in banking. Oh, my word. Like, you don't trust that man. You don't go with him to Europe. No. And he's not in banking. She knows he failed math. She says it like three times. She's like, listen, you you don't have to tell me everything. Just don't lie to me. And I was like, um, how about you do have to tell me actually what you do, how you made this money, and like, are you a criminal? I'm not in banking, okay? No, really? I mean, the money did come from a bank, you know. Uh, Also, he faked his death. Like, when he disappeared after the first time he teleported, like, he never came back. That should should have been her number one question. Right. P.S. How are you still alive where have you been? And I would not go anywhere. I would not leave the bar and leave the, my friends and bro Mark without first getting the answer. Hey, remember that time we thought you all died in the ice? Yeah, that was the last time they saw him. That's the last time we all saw you. And you know what? Putting a snow globe on a swing, uh, swing <laughs> out in the snow is not a comforting I'm alive. That's a I'm haunting you and I'm a ghost. <laughs> That's, that's what that says, that's and that's a, creepy. One of my notes is that that globe on the swing is super creepy. Yes. Like, that is terrifying. He said, voiceover, which, by the way, ugh, voiceover. Oh, yeah, well. But he says something like, I, I wanted to tell her, but instead I, I didn't. Yeah. Okay, why didn't you tell her? Hey, P.S., I'm alive. Gotta go. I gotta run away. 
Right, because it doesn't seem like he's alive. It does. It seems like his ghost is there, <laughs> right, swinging <laughs> on that swing. Yeah, so yeah, they. I I didn't feel their chemistry, and honestly, for most of the movie, she's just trying to get away from him or get the truth. Like, there's not really a lot. Of she has a couple spots that actually feel like they make sense of her being like, "Take me home now." Right. Please take me home. I was like, yes, I absolutely believe that <laughs> you shouldn't have come on this trip. Right. David, you need to leave. In the corner of do the actors playing the older versions look anything like the younger? Mm-hmm. I feel like she doesn't look anything like the younger version of Millie. She looks nothing like her younger self. I actually think the younger Hayden Christensen looks kind of like him. Yeah, I thought so too. Or at least has like some same weird facial expressions <laughs> right similar one character like you said i did like i mean i liked several of the characters but yeah the griffin the other jumper character yeah and he was like he's a interesting good character did you get any romantic like any chemistry there no i even felt like they have the one scene where they kiss mm-hmm. it seems totally contrived like i don't believe that she would I, mean, I don't believe she would be on this trip so i don't believe that at all i mean i believe that if she goes on the trip and they stay in a hotel together, there would be a scene. But I don't believe that she should have gone on the trip in the first place. Right. So there is no good setup for it. So no, I mean, I feel like we don't have a ton of scenes to really feel chemistry because most of the time they're either running or afraid. So I don't, I didn't feel chemistry. That was meh. Let's talk about jumping. Oh yeah. This is the coolest thing in this movie. This is Nightcrawler. This is the kind of power you talk to the other people you're watching this movie with. What would you do? Where would you go? How would you live? Right. This is everything, right? Right. One note, if you set up a lawn chair and eat a sandwich on top of the Sphinx, someone's going to see you. (laughs) That's not an inconspicuous place. That's correct. Someone will see you. Number two, if you jump and you break everything around you, Mm. that's rough. That's a tough power to have. Unclear how often that happens because it seems like sometimes they could jump and it's fine. Right. Is it maybe just the more, the farther distance you go, the more you break stuff around you? Because he jumps around in his apartment willy-nilly and doesn't seem to be like cracking tiles. It feels like it depends how hard you have to try. Maybe as you get good at it, you don't have to, uh, Mm. you know, break everything around you. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. There's a scene where he jumps farther down the couch because he couldn't reach the remote. I was like, come on now. I thought that was fun. I thought that was a fun, fun fun little thing. Would you jump into a bank? No. I would not. Would you do anything with your jumping ability? Yes. That was lucrative? No, I don't think so. Mm. But would I be a superhero? Stop crime? Which would maybe become lucrative? Sure. Thank you for saying that because there's one scene early on. He turns on the TV in his apartment. Yes. And we see this like massive flood and people like stuck on the top of houses that seemingly are about to die. And he just like flicks it off. Right. And then decides to, to go to London that night. And I'm like, this man... Not only is he dead inside, I think he's evil. <laughs> this man is evil. Like, that was, yeah. I thought that scene was going to show that, okay, he's selfish now, but by the end of the movie, he will become someone who, like, goes and saves people. I thought that was part going to be part of his character arc. Yeah, but it didn't really arc that way. Spoiler alert. There is no character arc of anyone. Uh, in this yeah, <laughs> fair enough. You know, I would be curious if there was a, sequel or something or if this movie was just made differently if there were jumpers that actually did play heroes because we don't see yeah. anything in the news or people like being rescued there's these mysterious characters that like rescue people we don't hear about any of that 
Right. I wonder if Samuel L. Jackson would be as mad about jumpers as he is if jumpers actually rescued right. people or like did good work. Not hurting, buddy. Not yet. You will. Sooner or later, you all go bad. So Samuel L. Jackson is a paladin, and apparently paladins are, this gave me Assassin's Creed vibes, are mm. like this religious fanatics who apparently the only thing they really care about is killing jumpers. Only God should have that power to be everywhere at once. Mm-hmm. Right. That conceit is so flimsy. I don't believe any motivation for it. I mean, I believe Samuel L. Jackson like, is all about it. But it feels like, oh, we're just cats and dogs. We're just like, we hunt you and you run from us. And it's like, well, give me a better reason than just like only God should have these powers. <laughs> yeah. I will say the paladins have some cool weapons. They do. I do enjoy those. <laughs> yes. I enjoy the electric ropes and the little buzz batons. The buzz batons. And that one thing that keeps the portals open, that's pretty cool too. Very cool. And he sprays a little glade. Um, <laughs> spray to show where they jump to that was a very okay yeah. i have one last thing to talk and then we need to review this movie yes i have one last thing to say this movie jumper mm-hmm. jumping is displayed as so cool in this movie in such a materialistic teenager sort of way mm-hmm. that there's a disconnect with me because there is really no moral to the story and no like hey you shouldn't steal from banks to get this money it's more like we know we know all you young teenagers who are going to see this movie in 2008 on date nights Mm -hmm. you if you had this you would all just like rob a bank go to big ben and get a car and go like travel the world it's got this wonderlust sort of Mm. a feel to it like listen we know why you're here and we get it it's really cool that they can just go to Fiji whenever they want to. Right. This movie does not get beyond that mindset. Right. And it, ultimately, it doesn't actually tell you that having this power is hollow. It's really like, no. At the end of the day, he got the girl because he can jump. You can travel because you can jump. You can get rich and have cars and apparently a ski-doo in your apartment. <laughs> Because you can jump. Yeah. And that hollowness is so juvenile. What do you think about this? Yeah, I I agree. And like, you know, when you see his apartment at the beginning and you see all the stuff around, you think to yourself, well, you've been to all these places already. So it becomes now like a lesson in hedonism. Like, are you just going to keep going to the same places and the same bars and right. hooking up with random people? And then what? Like, you can do this for the next 60 years? We'll talk about the ending of this. Yeah, later, yeah. but let's review this movie, Stephen. All right, let's rate this movie on a scale of zero to five snow globes. The creepiest thing in the movie mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that he that's, signals that's right. his ghost. That's his right. ghost. Uh, so, what would you give this movie? Zero to five snow globes. I'm going to give Jumper two and a half snow globes, mm. right down the middle. Mm-hmm. It is honestly fun for parts of it. Yeah. If Hayden Christensen, sorry, Hayden. If if he was not in this movie and it was a different, more affable actor, young actor, an Ashton Kutcher, I think I would really like this movie. The jumping is super cool. I love the effect. I love the concept. I think more could have been done with it. Mm-hmm. More like it could have been more. I didn't mind rewatching this movie for this podcast. No, 
And I think if you gave me another year, I could rewatch it again. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be proud of it, but I would. <laughs> I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to give it the same rating, two and a half. I feel like some of the action scenes is kind of fun, and they sometimes use jumping in an innovative way Yes, as part of the action, and that's kind of fun. And so, yeah, I would, unlike Lost in Space, that I feel like more rewatching will degrade the, my view of the movie over time. Mm-hmm. This one, in a year or two, I could watch it and probably feel the same way. But like, you know what? These action sequences are cool. Not great, but still kind of fun. So I'm with you. All right. Let's sound the spoiler horn. I am looking up right now Jumper TV show. Because if this concept cannot become Ooh. a Netflix-esque TV show, someone's doing something wrong. That's a good... Oh, here we go. Impulse. First trailer for Jumper spinoff series. Really? It's a YouTube Red series. Is that still around? YouTube Red. Yeah, I think Yeah, yeah, I think so. Oh, it's kind of a creepy... Of course, creepy somewhat reboot. Oh, uh, well. By the way, Jumper's... Uh, director Doug Lyman, who we've, we've discussed before oh. on this show, <laughs> Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, really? Again, this the fun shots in this movie. I'm starting to think to myself, I think I I think I like Doug Lyman movies. I really think it's like the main actors though just don't do it for me. I think a better protagonist, yeah, would make this movie much better for sure. Also. I think a big miss in this movie is setting up a world, giving you a lot of threads that you could pull in the future, but not enough to satisfy you in the first movie. Mm. Again, why I think a TV show works well, because Diane Lane is his mom and left the family because we find out (laughs) at the end is a paladin. That whole thing's kind of weird. Let me tell you something. She says, I have two options. I could kill you when you were five or I could leave you. What about option three? Don't be a paladin anymore. Right. Because your son that you love is apparently your mortal enemy, and maybe that could make you rethink your allegiance. Right. Did we think about this? And, like, if your son is a jumper, teach him to do it, and then he can help you escape. (laughs) And you guys can figure it out. Teach him to be a good person. Teach him to be careful and not go rob banks. And then you can make a case for all jumpers that we should not kill them all. Maybe they can be superheroes. I mean, wouldn't you say to your son, like, instead of leaving him, which, by the way, you just let him learn about jumping all on his own. Right. Why don't you say, like, hey, there are people out here that want to harm you, so you need to keep this completely under wraps and basically jump only when you're in mortal danger. That would be good. Nope. Train up a child, Nate. Train up a child in the way he should go. Right. And they will jump forever. That's right. Two, Two things. Again, jumping in action sequences being cool. Yes. There was the the friend guy. Mm-hmm. There's a scene when they're fighting in his cave area. Yep. You talk about bringing the. Are you about to say bringing the bus in? Because the bringing the bus was my favorite part. The bringing the bus in is one of my favorite parts. That was amazing. I like how that was kind of a specialty too. Like he kind of specialized in bringing vehicles yes. and yes. <laughs> random junk into a battle. But there was this one punch where he's going towards Samuel L. Jackson and he kind of like yes. jumps forward to like build momentum and power and punches him. Like that one move, it's like, okay, give me that. Give me more of that. It's Nightcrawler-esque and I love it. Yes, yes. That was very cool. Is that what you think is going to happen? You so much as look at her. Well, wrong, what are you going right? to do? What are you going to do? You're going to jump me where? Did you think you were the only one? I wanted like, I wanted 
kung fu level fist fights, but with jumping. How cool would that have been? Like a good old fashioned fist fight of like people that are really great at fighting. Well, and that would because then there's like the chase scene where Griffin wanted to like warp a bomb to kill Samuel Jackson and his whole army. Right. And Hayden Christensen didn't want to do it because Millie would have died. So they begin chasing each other around the world, which I feel like it's less interesting to now see them in all these scenes. Cause like, all right, we've seen the Sphinx, we've seen the desert. Like right. we don't need that anymore. I feel like there could have been a much more innovative fight utilizing jumping yes, and fist fights and like, yeah, that's why like pulling in the bus is one of the coolest things. It's like, oh man, that's like a, you could have been doing more of this. I think you can only do, and you can only do that because of your jumping ability. Like what are some other things that can only be done that way? You know? Yep. So anyway, that I like the, I like the jumping off the empire state building to get the little detonator thing. And then like, that was interesting. That's fun. Yeah. Now, Hayden Christensen then has to go back to Millie's house and rescue her. Two people I feel for in this movie. The landlord of that apartment building (laughs) and the librarian at a library that just, we cleaned up the mess and then you done brought a house and destroyed it. (laughs) When they bring the house to the library, my wife said, that poor library. It's got so much much junk the whole time. But, you know, Hayden Christensen and Jamie Bell Griffin, the friend character, they have this conversation like, I knew this one dude who tried to jump a whole building, you know, and he died. <laughs> Try up a whole building. Want me trying that again? What's that? It's because he's dead. So Hayden Christian then goes to rescue Millie. He gets roped by all five of the bad guys. So he's got all the mm-hmm. electricity going through him, which historically throughout this whole movie has shown us that they can't jump when there's electricity going through their body. Right. So I feel like I don't understand why all of a sudden now he's able to jump. Even I guess it's the power of love. I f- is it the yeah but then he jumps the whole apartment i think the electricity makes it so that you're more anchored to whoever's holding the other end of it mm-hmm. but with enough power and if you focus hard enough yeah i don't know that don't that know. was a little mixed. and then my last thought is he jumps samuel L. jackson to a cave in the side of a mountain or whatever as we discussed in Lost in Space, yes, I would not leave Dr. Smith on the ship awake and fine. Yes. I would not leave Samuel Jackson in the mouth of a cave that he could easily get down. Like He's obviously a survivor. He's going to make it back to civilization. I don't know if I'd leave him in the side of that cliff. Just saying. <sighs> yeah. It seems like a bad dude to leave there. I think people that are bent on your destruction... Mm-hmm. yeah leaving them alive people who have no problem killing your friends and by the way killed your dad oh that is true samuel jackson straight up murdered his dad that never comes up but yeah what do you think of the dad bad. scenes real quick like when when hayden christian like jumps back to his room and the dad like tries to get in and he's talking through him through the door i kind of liked it i thought so too like i, I felt I f- my michael rooker is so good of an actor like he plays the, he's like the alcoholic absent dad yeah and it's like actually kind of touching because like yeah they have no relationship but this idea of like he truly still loves his son he's just pretty messed up yeah i thought that was i thought those were good scenes okay let's talk about the end of the movie he meets his mom the paladin he meets his mom she says i'll give you a head start which i did an eye roll and hurt, you know, strained my eyes. Yeah. Cause like, okay, that's your option. You're still going to hunt and try to kill your son. Like she's almost like when he runs into Diane lane and she says, I'm a paladin. 
Right. Kristen Stewart's in this movie for two seconds. Right. As a, a daughter. I don't know <laughs> what purpose that is. All seems like it sets up for a sequel that will never come to us. Right. She seems fine with her way of life. Does she know that, for example, the Paladins killed her ex-husband? Because I feel like if you had wanted another reason why you should leave your current affiliation, the fact that your son's being hunted and your husband's been killed feels like a pretty good one. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know. I could have dealt with that whole... That should have been a post-credit scene. Yeah, that's not, that seems fine I feel to like me. that whole... Because it complicates it too much. Okay, and then the most unsatisfying end is this romance. They go like, all right, surprise me. Like, take my hand and let's jump together. Right. It is no less selfish of a way of living. He just has the girl now. And I think that's why the really hollow ending to Jumper is that he doesn't learn to use his power for good. He doesn't find a new type of fulfillment or mission or purpose in life. Just living the exact same life, but now he has a girlfriend <laughs> who he can travel with. And it's like, well, see, that's happiness. Live as selfishly as you want. Travel, fulfill all the wanderlust you want. But now you have a girl to be with you. And so it just really made me feel like it was only satisfying to a 16-year-old who goes like, man, not only would I want to travel, but I would love Rachel Bilson to travel with me. <laughs> that is true. The movie just kind of does f full circle, and now he's just doing it with a girlfriend. He's just doing him. Yeah, he's just doing him, and he's got a girlfriend in tow, and it just feels so like teenager satisfying, but not adult satisfying. Yeah, that's a good point. It's unfortunate. Okay. Well, listeners, tell us what you think. Would you jump into a bank and steal some money? Would you just travel the world or would you be a superhero? <laughs> Let us know. Comment on Instagram at Movies on the Side. On Twitter, also at Movies on the Side. Don't forget to leave us a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to check out our bonus episodes. There's a bonus episode every week. Click support the show in show notes or go to mots.fm and click the support the show link there. And as always... Go for a walk for a change. Makes me feel normal. <laughs>